I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Think of it in the opposite. Most of the behaviors that we think of as being opposite of humility, as being opposite of of being humble, right? Bragging, showing off, self-centered, pride, egotistical, being a know-it-all. These are all insecurities at their root. They're all behaviors that show up in response to an unmet need. So bragging, you know, maybe that's a need for acceptance. Showing off. Maybe that's a need for approval, being self-centered. Like maybe that's a need for security. So really making it a focus to meet our children's emotional needs and create that strong, secure attachment with them. It's one of the greatest gifts we can give them as their parents, because the more their needs are met and the more secure they are, that's going to bleed into every single action and word and decision that they make. Welcome back to the Motherhood Podcast, a live workshop-style podcast that is helping thousands of moms redefine their motherhood journey. There was a point in my life when I was trying to do all the things, parent my kids, pour into my marriage, run a busy law practice, keep up my home, and what I found was that I was on the fast track to burnout until I discovered a better way. Now I help women just like you to close the gap between their vision of motherhood and what they're actually experiencing in their day-to-day lives. Together, we'll explore when and where to simplify, systemize, and surrender. I promise you, you're already doing so much better than you think. I'm your coach, Michelle Grosser, and this is Motherhood. It is Motherhood Monday. Welcome to today's show. I'm your motherhood coach, Michelle Grosser, and I just wanted to thank you for a moment. Thanks for choosing to hang with us here on the pod a bit today. I'm just so grateful for your time. For those of you who are new here, each Motherhood Monday, we explore a different character trait or a different family value, and we just talk about practical ways that we can implement and focus on that particular trait or value in the week ahead. 
And today we are talking all about raising humble kids. Humble kids aren't pushovers. They're not afraid or unwilling to express their needs or their opinions, but rather they're able to understand themselves, I think, and their value uh, without needing to flaunt it. I think humble kids are actually really self-aware and they understand what they bring to the table. I found this C.S. Lewis quote, and it said that humility is not thinking less of ourselves, but it's thinking of ourselves less. And I think at its core, humility is really just our kids' ability to consider others ahead of themselves. And as parents, we really need to be able to wrap our heads around the interplay between confidence and humility, because they really run together. A lack of confidence brings a lack of humility, and then it brings maybe an arrogance or a a narcissism, because a genuinely humble person can be confident without being cocky, and they can respect others, and they can be self-respecting. I think respect is really a big part of it. I mean, think of the other qualities that flow from humility. There's respect for sure, but there's also kindness and generosity and curiosity and compassion and love and patience and humility really encompasses all of these beautiful traits. And I think within each of these traits, uh, I think the aim is really twofold is one, we all want our kids to have a secure identity and identity is clutch when it comes to humility. So we want to foster within our kids a secure identity that isn't boastful or arrogant, but that also isn't the opposite, which is, you know, self-deprecating or a low self-esteem. And then the other aim is that we all want to raise kids who are open-minded and being open-minded about new information and new ideas and new perspectives and new possibilities, like all the things. It's really hard to be open-minded when you're lacking in humility. If you're prideful or you're arrogant or you have all the answers or you're self-absorbed, you're not really interested in what others have to say or to offer. So there's a few ways we can help uh, build that secure identity and help our kids stay open-minded, which I think are two of the main characteristics of of humility. So the first is that we must meet their needs. And I know that we all feed and clothe and bathe our kids and do all the things, but here's the thing. Our children and us, every human being, are only as needy as our unmet needs. I'm going to say that again. Our children are only as needy as their unmet needs. Every single thing we do as human beings is in service of some particular need we have. So the traits and the behaviors that we think are generally, you know, we generally think of that are associated with humility, kindness, generosity, curiosity, compassion, love, patience, all of those things, they all grow when our children have a secure attachment to us. And a secure attachment flows from our kids' needs being met. And yes, their physical needs have to be met, right? That's the foundation. We got to keep them fed. We got to keep them safe. But our kids really have other really important needs too. They have emotional needs. They have needs to be seen, needs to be heard, and need to be appreciated and acknowledged. And they have a need to be able to make choices and have dignity and, and security, all of these things. And the more we can be intentional about meeting those needs, 
like particularly their emotional needs, the more secure they are. And the more secure they are, the more humble they can be. Because I think humility is really a flex in security. Think of it in the opposite. Most of the behaviors that we think of as being opposite of humility, as being opposite of of being humble, right? Bragging, showing off, self-centered, pride, egotistical, being a know-it-all. These are all insecurities at their root. They're all behaviors that show up in response to an unmet need. So bragging, you know, maybe that's a need for acceptance. Showing off, maybe that's a need for approval. Being self-centered, like maybe that's a need for security. So really making it a focus to meet our children's emotional needs and create that strong, secure attachment with them. It's one of the greatest gifts we can give them as their parents, because the more their needs are met and the more secure they are, that's going to bleed into every single action and word and decision that they make. And it's a really powerful awareness for us to have as parents. Like if we see our kids acting in a certain way that feels out of character, Before we comment or coach or critique or before we say one word, we can just ask ourselves, like, what unmet need is driving that behavior and how can I meet it? Like, does my child need connection in this moment? Do they need help co-regulating? Does my child need to be heard? Do they need my, my presence and my attention? Do they need to be seen Does my child need to be acknowledged? Do they they need physical touch? Like, do they just need a hug? Just asking ourselves that when we feel like they're not uh, behaving in a way that's that's usual for them or in in a way that we don't want to uh, encourage or see more of, just stopping and asking ourselves, like, what unmet need might be driving this? And then trying to meet it, it is a game changer. And if this is new for you, because at some point it was really new for me too, to try to figure out what need might be underneath my kid's behavior. Sometimes I would just struggle with trying to figure out like what need it was. Um, And I actually created a free resource back in the show notes for episode 19. I'll put it in the show notes for this episode too. It's going to bring you back to an episode I did all about nonviolent communication And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would encourage you to do so uh, because it's so good and it will change your freaking life because it has the power to completely transform the way you communicate through your conflict in your relationships. So anyway, I wrote as part of that episode, I created this free workbook that you can download. And within that workbook, there's a list of human needs. And you can go back to episode 19, click the show notes, or just click the episode 19 show notes below for this show and go ahead and download the workbook. And you can just take a screenshot of that list of needs and just save it to your phone. And then the next time you're like, what is going on with my kid today? You can just whip it out really quick and look through those needs and ask yourself, like, what might be driving their behavior? What might be going on underneath all of this? What need might they have that's not being met? And then you do your best to try to meet it. And you don't even have to get it exactly right. Because I think just trying to meet any of our kids' needs is going to create a more securely attached, more regulated child. And that's a child who can show up in humility. And if your kids are a little older, you can actually use this needs list to have conversations with them about their needs. Like I wouldn't necessarily bring it up in the heat of the moment, But at a time when both of you are regulated and you can 
print it out and kind of go through it with your kids and familiarize them with it. Uh, Then the next time they're kind of acting out of whack, you can work together and identify what need. And as their parent, you can help them meet that need for them. And the real beauty and the real magic and the real power is that when they've become self-aware enough and have practiced this enough that they can actually recognize and then verbalize their needs to others. Like imagine your 15 year old being able to say, mom, I got so angry earlier because I have a need to be heard. And I felt like you were distracted and you weren't paying attention earlier when I was trying to tell you what happened at school today. I mean, guys, are you seeing the gift within this? Like the power we have as moms to equip a whole generation of human beings who are in touch with their needs and can vocalize them in a healthy, productive way. I mean, come on. And then second, number two, is that we can affirm their value and their identity. And this really does all come back to security. The more we can raise children who know their value and identity and have that affirmed and have them be reminded of the truth about who they are, the less they're going to feel like they have anything to prove, right? If they know who they are, they don't have to prove their worth. If they know who they are, if they have that spoken over them on the regular, they don't have to prove anything to anyone. It's when we're secure and don't feel like we have anything to prove like that's when we can walk humbly. It's when we're feeling insecure and unworthy that we really feel this need to prove our value or prove our worth. And that's when we probably find ourselves being a little arrogant or bragging or or full of pride or maybe conceited or, you know, whatever the antithesis of humility, whatever way it's showing up. And in today's achievement obsessed world, we really need to be aware of how often we're in our kids' ears reminding them that what they do what they achieve, the grades they get, the way they look, the the skills they have, the awards they win, like the friends they have. These are not the things that give them their worth. I came across this uh, Mother Teresa quote, and it said, if you are humble, nothing will touch you, neither praise nor disgrace, because you know who you are. And it's so much easier for our kids, I think, to sidestep the pride and the arrogance and the jealousy when they understand that they are valued simply because God created them and that they are our children. So don't stop reminding them of this. Like, I love you because you're mine. I love you because you're my kid. You're incredible because you are made in the image of the creator of the freaking universe. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you cannot do that would make me not love you. Like, I love you unconditionally. And the more our kids see us acting this out, the more they're actually going to embody it and believe it when we say it. So how does it look in actually acting this out and not just saying it and telling them these things as their parents? It's really a challenge, I think, for each of us to be aware of our focus. Like I am tempted every Friday, the minute I pick up my kids from school to ask Amory how her spelling test went. Like that's the first thing that wants to fly out of my mouth. Because I obviously have some paradigm around her, you know, quote unquote success about my own self-worth as a parent or a human or whatever. And I'm aware that me caring about how she does on her spelling test has a way more to do with me than it does with her. She's a mirror and she's reflecting to me an area of growth I still have to do. I'm, I'm totally aware of that. 
So this doesn't mean I don't ask her about her spelling test or I don't care about her spelling test or I don't care that she's learning and progressing and, and doing well in school. It just means that I check my priorities. I want her to feel genuine love and care and concern and connection from me when I pick her up from school before I dive straight into her achievements. She's probably going to be skeptical of me telling her I love her unconditionally if I'm obsessed with her grades and always asking her about her performance before anything else, right? That would feel conditional to any of us. It's a lot of pressure to put on our kids. I want to know who she spoke with at lunch and what they talked about. I want to know which friend seemed sad today. I want to know if she felt any butterflies in her stomach today. I want to know about her as a, as a human being and her well-being and meeting those needs to be seen and heard before I jump straight into what she did or how she performed. Because I'm trying to teach her that her value and her identity is not found in that spelling test. It's not found in her grades. It's not found in her performance. And once we've had a good moment of true connection and maybe she's changed out of her school clothes and she's had a snack and she's settling in for the rest of the afternoon, then maybe I'll bring up her spelling test. And it's not even really asking how she did or what grade she got, but I want to know about the process. Did she feel prepared? Did she feel confident when she had to you know, face a, a hard word? Did she close her eyes or was she able to take a few deep breaths uh, to help her regulate and focus? Like These are the skills I really want her to have. She's going to learn her sight words, right? I'm not really concerned about that. We all know how to spell cat. Like She's going to get there too, but I want her to be focusing on the habits. What helps her body regulate so she can focus? Noticing what works and what doesn't work when she's feeling some sort of stress, like a test. These are the skills that are going to really serve her for the rest of her life. Amen. Okay. And then third, we are going to encourage making and admitting to mistakes. Like how many of us have eaten this big slice of humble pie in the process of making and admitting a mistake, right? I know I have and talk about humility. It is so hard to be humble if we can't admit when we're wrong. And the same is true for our kids. Like it should not be humiliating. Hear me in that. It should not be humiliating, but making and admitting mistakes is a powerful way to embody humility because we're all going to make them. We're all going to make mistakes. We're human. So getting comfortable in that and then further in admitting and owning our mistakes is huge if we want to live a life of humility. And a big part of being humble is just acknowledging the reality of our own fallibility. Like no one gets it perfect all the time and that's totally okay. So apologizing and asking for forgiveness, man, what a way to curb our instincts to have to justify and defend ourselves in every situation, right? There's nothing humble about justifying or defending ourselves when we know we've messed up, but our kids need to feel safe enough and secure enough to be able to do this. So when they mess up, we got to show compassion. We got to show grace. We got to show mercy, way more forgiveness and way less judgment. And within that, we're telling them, yeah, it's safe to admit when you messed up. Happens to all of us. Messing up and apologizing, like you can do it a million times and I'm still going to love you. And then fourth, we can get them serving others. 
think one of the most effective ways we can help our kids stay humble is by getting them to be serving others. Maybe it's a part-time job. Maybe it's community service. Maybe it's just spending some time uh, helping others or little ones. Maybe they can visit their elderly relative and bring some joy. Maybe it's becoming a tutor, like whatever it is, our kids will teach themselves humility through these experiences. These experiences just bring so much gratitude and humility and a sense of purpose and, and so much more all at the same time. There's so much that comes from serving others, but I think one of the greatest impacts serving others makes on our kids is that it gives them some perspective and it helps them foster some gratitude. It shifts how they see the world, helps them grow in compassion. I think it might even help them really see their privilege. And when it comes to humility, it's really hard to find someone who's committed to serving others who's arrogant, right? It's hard to find someone who's committed to serving others who's self-centered or conceited or egotistical. Serving others is, is really just such a practice in humility. So I think the more our kids embody that, and they just see themselves as being in service of others, the more they're going to develop humility. So it's Motherhood Monday, and we end every Motherhood Monday with a prayer over our children for the week ahead. So let's pray humility over our kids. God, we thank you for the gifts of our children. We pray humility over their lives, God. We pray for humble hearts. We pray humility, not in diminishing their value or confusing their identity, God, but the humility that is a strength, humility that serves a far greater purpose. As their parents, help us to ensure they feel secure in their attachment to us, God. Help us to recognize and to meet their needs. Help us to keep our priorities in check. Just help us to continue to speak life over them, to speak truth over them about their worth and their identity. Help us to teach them what it looks like to live a humble life, the security and the freedom that humility offers them. God, secure their hearts in true humility by your lead. We pray they walk humbly with you. Help them to see when pride or arrogance or anything that's not from you is creeping in and help them to remember who they are, whose they are, their worth and their security in you and guide them back to humility, God. Help them to value others, the humble spirit. Help them to see other people the same way that you see other people, God, with the same eyes and the same ears that you see others. We ask you just help them truly embody the idea that no one is more than or less than, but we're all different and equal in your sight. Just free them from comparison, free them from competition, Keep them humble so they can be a blessing to others. Keep them humble so they can live with open minds. Keep them humble so they can serve others with arms wide open. We thank you for your relationship with us. We thank you for your grace on this journey of humility, God. We love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you love mommy's polygraph, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, 
When it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram at themotherhood.podcast. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Motherhood Podcast. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, information on how to join and participate in the Motherhood Village and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.